welcome to Shades and Coffee, the almost weekly look good, feel good podcast presented by me, Vivian Braidwood. My guest today is someone who's quite the expert at goal setting, motivation and maintaining a positive mindset, no matter what life throws his way. We discuss how anyone and everyone can tap into this during these challenging times. Please welcome Team GB athlete, Conrad Williams. So tell me a little bit about yourself. Yeah, Conrad Williams, been doing it now, done it for about best part of 15 to 17 years. Picked it up really late, 21. So this, is, this is sprinting. Sprinting, yeah, yeah. About sprinting. But aren't you a bit old at that age to start that? But yeah, t- traditionally, yeah, you you wouldn't pick 21 to start athletic. You would have been really classes prime, <laughs> starting your prime at that age, <laughs> to be fair, because um, you picked that up at 15, maybe, you know, even younger. Back in school, I knew I could run but I didn't know how far so I had to tap into that to see where my ceiling is where can I get to I didn't have no clue before going into it I didn't even really want to run to be honest I, it was just not on the radar I was just knew I could do it from PE playing basketball and stuff like that and then yeah I just thought literally one summer's day I was just a little bit bored I thought I've done that I'm on my way home and I just went and spoke to one of the coaches down there and he said, um, this was in 2001, 2001, about June. I spoke to him on the Tuesday and then off that Thursday, he said, come and have a little, basically a little test, a trial. Not a trial, but just come and train, see what you got, see if you even like what we we're doing. And um, yeah, I went down there and then that Saturday, they said, you want to come and compete for the club? That same week? That same week after one one time being down there, one training session, one. Um, they said, come down um, on the, that same week, in that on that Saturday in June. And as I, I did it, I didn't even, I wasn't able to run because I'm a beginner. I have no skills, no nothing. So they said, do you want to jump? Do you want to do the triple jump or four things? Which is very technical, very, very complex. I had no skills whatsoever, but therefore that's the only spot we could put you in. <laughs> so you don't feel like you waste your time coming all the way down to Kentish Town. So I just did it and I was like, okay. But I've always known I wanted to run, but I realized to get in the team, you have to knock someone off. Ah, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> There's that, yeah. There is that, yeah. So for me to get in that team, someone gonna have to get a bit bumped off. You know, so and obviously they've been doing it for years. And um, my thing was, well, I want to see as far as I can get. And if I have to bump someone off, so be it. And yeah, that year, um, 2001, we start winter training about October, November time. And that's when I just slowly start getting my head down because it was still a new hobby at the time. I still didn't think this is going to be me in 15 years time. So you kind of fell into um, it, but once you got into it, it sounded like you got a lot of joy out of it. You enjoyed the structure. You were very flexible and fluid in your thinking because they put you on this triple jump, which you thought, mm, but okay, I'll go, I'll go for it. And you touched on something that actually I think is another reason people are passionate about athletics is that you've got this really intense competitive environment, but there's two levels of competition. There's the competition between the individual and themselves that's why the whole yeah. term of PB, personal best, personal and just best. how far can you push yourself? And then yeah. there's the competitive element between you and your competitors. However, yeah. you guys are just known 
to be really good sports. You know, you know, you're, you're, yeah, 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 so, yeah. So even yeah. though you've got that thing, like get out of my way, that aggression and that it doesn't it doesn't come across because at the end, even if it's like a someone that's beat you, you guys are there hugging and yeah, you know, and congratulating. With, that's the thing is out of the whole field, someone's there to crush your dreams, and at the end of it, you still can say well done, good race. Once you're warming up, you're in the zone, you're by yourself, you're doing your own thing. But you learn that in training, but in your training group and everything else, you need everyone around you to help you as much as they, you know what I mean? They need you as well being there every day, turning up. You don't want someone coming late, missing half the session, um, not participating, not taking it seriously if you're one of those want to try and get there. Because, you know, it's very difficult doing it on your own. It's very hard. A lot of the coaches are there on their own time. So the respect starts from that. You respect right. the person who's there, they're delivering the session. You listen to them, you build a trust in the program because as an individual, you have to believe what this guy's, this coach is telling you. In the end, it's going to pay off. The group dynamics play a big part. That's very important that you and your group actually gel you're going to need each other to pick each other up. You're going to need each other every single session to be on time to uh, really raise the bar when you need to raise it. Because not every day you're going to be firing. You might be knackered because you're probably working and then you're coming late. So you need a group to pull your line and prop you back up. And there will be time where you have to do that to another individual. That's the thing. Even though you know your training partner could ruin your chances of making the Olympics, you still need that person. <laughs> you don't go, hmm, I don't really want you around. You want them around even more. The more you learn from that person, the better you will be to then go and race someone else. <laughs> yes. Yes, yes. And of all the competitors or competitive sports that I've seen, I think you guys do it so well because when you watch say formula one you really get the animosity that can exist yeah. you, even though it's someone's <laughs> partner you really feel it you know the tension you can, and you tell, see, you can yeah. tell and you can see it in you know boxing and, and, and other sports you know the boxers they'll come in with the music do, 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 do. i'm gonna i'm gonna chew off your face i'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna sit on your mom i'm gonna blah blah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, gonna, yeah I'm gonna eat this i'm gonna eat your food in front of you and then spit it on the floor and you have to clean it up i'm gonna rub your face in you know giving you everything yeah i'm gonna, I'm gonna punch you so hard you your mom's gonna run in the ring and you're like he's coming out with stuff you want to kill people for yeah where athletes are like, yeah, I'm looking to do well. <laughs> I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to run the best race I can. You know, what you're describing there is there's a self-respect, respect for others, a trust, teamwork is really integral to that, and balancing each other's strengths and weaknesses and, and support. Mm. And then you said that you know you got to knock someone off to get in that spot, but there's a mutual understanding and respect of that's how it works. So there's no that's how it, yeah. animosity. I, I, I like that. There's a lot that one can transfer from that just mm. into life. I spoke to a lot of uh, companies from this sort of perspective. The corporate world like to tap into athletic mindset because they're fascinated to find how can you wake up every morning, drive an hour and a half to Uxbridge, 26 miles for six days in traffic, in snow, knowing that no matter what you've done today will pay off. 
the motivation, what gets you up to go drive, drive there, drive back. <laughs> and they're just fascinated to think you actually believe in your group that much that they are the ones that's going to take you to the next level. You know what I mean? And it's vice versa. And then, as I just said, to be honest, you just, you're so focused on what you need to do, you can't really doubt it. As soon as doubt comes in, someone's there to be like, right, no, snap out of it. You know, you plan your 11 months throughout the year that I can't really make any other left or right. My coach literally rules the route. If my coach says, run, you run. I can understand why businesses want to tap into that. I think in the business community, I think the term is goal congruence. You know, yeah. Everyone, every single member of that uh, organization is working towards the same goal. Um, and what you f- and why they would be tapping into the high performing athletes. It's, it's a, it's a puzzle that many businesses, you know, a riddle that they're yet to crack because you find yeah. there's all this really negative competitive where I will even sabotage you so that I look yeah, better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we're working for the same organization and the success of the, the failure yeah. of that organization depends <laughs> on my behavior. And yeah. they're not thinking like that. So they want to know, like, yeah, what, you know, yeah. What, do we need, what levers do we need to pull to get everyone working to the same goal in a family way, highly competitive, but in a really positive but way. But they're not support the person next to them. They'll support them. Yeah, exactly. and that's the thing. They, so there's four of you in this group. They can only take three. And that's just this group. Times that by another eight groups. And they still can only take three of you. So why you make them over there, and why you... Pally Pally with him knowing he's looking to make sure you don't get to where you're going. I said, well, because we're all in it. We can't, I need him as much as you need me. And I'll, on the, on the day, we're thinking the best man wins. That's why we're always at the end of the race, man. Well done. The best man won today, the best female does. We don't think he's better than me. We just think, okay, he performed today better. Maybe I need to change a few things and then come back next time. We are stronger, faster, and all that stuff. And that would be me. With athletes, they've got a very short-time memory. They don't, on a bad race, they, you know, they, the first hour or so is fresh and all that, but you have to process it very quickly. You've got a race next week. You can't be <laughs> thinking about the last one. So um, that's the bit they, they like to hear. They really want to know how can being in a group going up against everyone knowing he wants your spot and you want his spot but you're all laughing and joking and you're best of friends <laughs> but we said to them we're only friends well until we get to the start line you hear it a hundred times you get to the start lines i don't know anybody anymore that's it <laughs> you know and that's where the friendship ends with athletes they plan ahead a lot they're always visualizing the next big competition. Okay, they know it's in four years. Okay, so what can I do between now, 2022, 2021? I know there's an Olympic coming up this year. Okay, cool. Let me plan for that. Like with the COVID, they were all planning for 2020, gearing up to go 2020. Their mind said, well, after Rio in 2016, my next four years, and then that happened. Bang. <laughs> So your four years you planned out to a T just went not by your choice at all. Your gym's closed, your track's closed. You can't see your coach anymore. So you have to coach um, via Skype. You have to coach via text message. 
here's the session, you go and do it. So the coach isn't there anymore, can't travel. I've noticed a lot of different how people pull together and how resilient they can be, knowing that they've got no venues to actually train in. So now they're they're <laughs> we're an interesting bunch, that's for sure. <laughs> I think it's a beautiful combination of skills. That focus, that get out of my way, I'm there, that that mm-hmm. focus, and at the same time, that adaptability and that fluidity to take into account the things that naturally do get in your way. I know one of the things that always sticks in my mind when I, when I you know, watch Olympics and things like that is to hear that someone's been training for like three years, or four, as you were mentioning, and then right up at the last minute, they have an injury. Yeah. And the grace, again, I can't really think of many instances where I see in any industry, never mind sport, where the grace with which the person just says, this is what's happened. It's, like the, the, yeah. it's like, almost like the universe has done this. I've done everything yeah. I can. I've been focused, <laughs> been determined. This has happened. It is what it is. They even can even wish the next person luck who might have taken their yeah. spot. Honestly, it's beautiful. And I think all those factors are why people are just hooked yeah athletics and the people that you know perform within because of all of those values and yeah i mean like you said you know when you've got a four-year window to train for something to say this is my four years is planned out i've got three major championships in the middle of that but that's the big one that's the one where you know everyone wants to be at you've done everything right you're flying high for the first two years first three years Year four, this is the one now, it's in September. Right, May, you've done something. Bang. You're now out for six weeks. All them three years, I've literally gone. It's like, you might as well just start today from one injury that you picked up in May. You just slowly start having doubts. How much time do I have for the event? Can I make it? I've got the trial coming up in eight weeks, and this injury is going to last six weeks straight away you haven't got time you've got literally nothing so you you have to then speed up your rehab your everything have to overcharge just to try and get you on the start line of the team selection trial because if you're not there very few getting picked up very few because that is where they decide the race and if you got literally eight weeks to go and you think and they told you the doctor said there's a scan You've got six weeks best before you can be running again. <laughs> what do you do? You you just have to have to look across and go, I might make it, but you know, I'm gonna do everything I can to get on the line. And if I'm not, I wish the team all the best. I'll be better next year. And I'll make sure I'm stronger, I'll make sure I'm you know, it gives them fuel for the next year to say I'm not allowing that to happen to my legs. I'm gonna be way more vigilant that cramp I felt eight weeks ago I should have stopped (laughs) that niggle I felt in my lower back you know 10 weeks ago or maybe I should have not lift so heavy I'm going to listen to my body a bit more you know I mean I won't be playing football at the barbecue with my cousin because (laughs) that was a (laughs) that was a silly move I shouldn't should have just gone in goal throw the ball out rather than really get, oh, I shouldn't have gone basketball with my mates in the park and pretend to dunk the ball. Now I'm out, you know, because athletes do take these things, like I said at the beginning, very seriously because for four years, you don't want the last three, four weeks 
you mess that up because you're at the barbecue playing table tennis and you run around the table and hit your hip in the corner. <laughs> yeah, I, no, it's true. It's true. You don't think about it to that level of detail, but you're right. The level of investment. Hmm. Few, few people can think of things in their personal life where they've invested that number of years to one <laughs> single event that might last yeah. 10 seconds. I mean, that's... <laughs> it, it, when you think about it, it blows the mind. And where do you guys get the skill or the grace, as I call it, to think like that because in daily life when people are met with those yeah. sorts of things where they've invested a lot of time say you've invested all these years in in your girlfriend or your boyfriend or whatever and then things just don't turn out the way mm. i see people bitter can't let go and and yet you know when you when you watch on tv you see the athletes giving interviews or the ones that i've met and spoken to they're quite chilled like how you are actually it's like you've got this yeah, big fighting machine and they're just so chilled <laughs> and go with the flow and i mean where does that come from that great? yeah they turn it up in competition season competition mode once they're in that game face on that you know their headphones going they're zoned out they pump themselves up so i know one of the things i wanted to sort of learn from you is you know just to give some tips i think to the listeners in general about you know how they use everything that you've said to manage the uncertainty and uh, the negativity that's happening around this time of COVID? Yeah, I think um, tips I would probably say, and anything like with COVID-related, any, any pandemic or situation where it seems to take it out of your hands, is just have that belief, that strong belief that there is an end. Brighter days are coming, better days are coming. It might take a while. It might be slow. It's very, you know, drip, drip, drip. But if it takes six years, plan for a long process rather than we want it now, 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 give it to me, give it to me. So just plan each day as it comes. But today we just do this. Look within your inner circle. Deal with the inner circle. Just find time, space, effort for the inner circle to build those boundaries, those foundations, those relationships. Talk to people that you probably wouldn't normally talk to as long or whatever the case may be. just set yourself a new challenge that you'll be able to do. Just say, I've got time now to really tap into that thing I was too busy to do. So now I can reflect and go, actually, I really like, you know, I like doing runs and stuff. I've never really, I've done a couple of runs, but I've never really stick at it. So let me just try a full week where I do a run every other day. I don't have to try and beat my PB. I don't have to, I just have to get the mileage in just, well, I need to do half an hour, three times a week. After a little while, once it gets warmer and you get a bit brighter, you're going, you know what, I've been doing this for five weeks. Let me try one max effort. Let me see if I can really pull my last five weeks into week six for just one run this whole week and see where I get in my half an hour. You know, you just set little goals, get people involved, laugh more, laugh at yourself a lot more. Yeah, just find joy in pretty much most things you do and then be mindful about the negative stuff because you could be on the on the up trying to get yourself out of the hole and you've got someone around you that's really pulling, 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 bring it back. No, 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 I'm not letting you go. Why are you thinking like that? Why are you thinking like that? You have to then take a little moment and say so you're just thinking if you're not really on the path of trying to come up with me and I'm trying to help you, then I'm going to slowly distance myself from that energy because you can't really go up if you've got person pulling you down, making you 
doubt what you're doing, doubt your beliefs, doubt your ability. Oh, why are you running half an hour for? You can't run half an hour. It's too long. Why are you doing that for? You know, you know, are you more far? Why are you going for long runs? And that's all someone needs to plant a seed for you to go, actually, why am I doing that? And you don't, for anything like that, that makes you think, you're not telling me anything that's encouraging my new behavior. Then I slowly, could be anybody, mom, dad, uncle, you have to think what's going on around us now is too big for me to have any bad vibe at all. You know, you can't just, because you can't perform, you can't do good with negativity coming your way because it's so important to just help someone else because you going for runs, you might know is helping someone else. They might think, oh, Vivian's going for a run. Do you know what? I might join her on one of them next week. And then he's like, I'm, I'm going to go regardless. You can come with me, but if you can't make it, I'm still going. I know it's raining and I know it's not the best day and I know it's not warm enough and the birds ain't chirping, but I plan to go out for six runs in the next six weeks and I'm going for six. So if you want to join me on one of those, I'm leaving at six o'clock. I'm going to meet at a pond. We can go for half an hour. That's the information. You know what to do with it. Don't be ringing me five minutes before. Are you still going? Because it's a bit dark. And... <laughs> nah, that's that's we... me. <laughs> I know, but this is <laughs> the thing. You know? Yeah. <laughs> you, yeah, we, we're going to get that. We, we all, we've all done it. You know, there's yeah. times I would have done it. So then we're still going. It's a bit wet. But they're like, yeah, let's go. So, okay, cool. But I'm just trying to make sure that everyone knows Everything going on is hard. Everyone's personality now has really changed. They've been given time to now think who they think they are. And they've been told this is what's what this is what's what they got. Information flooding in from multiple angles and depending on what you take in might affect certain friendships or state of mind. You think someone used to think a type of way because they're in a work settings, because they have to think like that. Now they're not. You're thinking, whoa, you've changed. But they've just give, given loads of time by themselves, and they don't know what to do with it. I said to people, just really keep a nice awareness of what people are trying to do to help what you're about and what you're trying to achieve. Because if they're not there to help or support what you're doing, then there's not much point for having them too close. Do you know what I mean? Time, space, and effort. Love it. And my last question, because I've got a Team GB athlete in front of me, is, I mean, the advice you gave there is superb. So I can imagine someone saying, yeah, that's all well and good, but, you know, we've actually lost people. Someone died or my husband's lost his job. You know, I've been furloughed or not enough money coming in or, um, you know, I'm in a situation at home. There's a lot of tension. There's a lot of uh, physical, emotional abuse, whatever, like real negative situations. Yeah. So what can we learn from that to help those people who have had a really crap time? Like it's really been negative. What would you say? You can't control the uncontrollable. What the government are saying, what the government are doing, what COVID is doing, we lost people. In fact, my coach passed away last Monday. Oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. Yeah, so we're, I'm still like, 
dealing with that and everything like that. But it's like, so I know how high this is and how potent this period is and how um, damaging it can be. What I said to myself was, I'm going to enjoy the moment when he was here. So I tried to really put that to the other athletes and said, have your little moment that he's gone, but really think about the time you've had it. Just tap into that, they would be better that way as opposed to, I won't see him tomorrow. He's not going to be at a track tomorrow. He's not going to be here ever again. They go, oh, you remember when he used to come to the track and tell us, hurry up, you've got five minutes. Do you know what I mean? You have to think about the fun stuff and you make you ease into it and you can deal with it and then you don't mind sitting back on your own and going, oh, he's actually gone. I want to get those moments again. And it makes you tap into that and cherish those moments with whoever the person you've lost, you know, have a mom or a dad or a friend or anything like that. Any moment, even if it's just one moment you had years ago, you go and hear, oh yeah, and then you listen to the stories, what they were like when they were here, who were they, how did they express themselves and things like that. And I think, you know, we, as people, we try to figure everything out straight away too quick. And we try to find things to block it out. But I'm thinking, don't block it out. Just say it over and over again. Think about it. Enjoy the bits that you like. Tap into the bits you don't like. Have both. You have to go to those dark few days before. And then you can come out the other end thinking, you know what? I had a good think, a good cry, a good this, a good that, whatever the case may be and things going to get better and that's what you have to keep telling yourself even if you think i'm stuck i lost my job i can't see a way out i can't get another job there's no jobs going there's thousand cvs for this one job they're not going to pick me but i just say just keep sending them out or lower the standard that you wanted to go maybe you just leave a job in the office 50k whatever the case may be even I take a step back. There's no harm me going to Tesco, do the delivery for six months while I'm sending out my CVs and get my CVs out there again so I can rebuild who I was because a sense of pride kicks in. If you lose a job that was seems well paid, you're highly skilled, you're flying, you're doing the best you're being, and then suddenly people's pride get in the way a lot because pride makes you don't go to McDonald's and you think the person in McDonald's is less, which they're not, you know. And we always go, oh, well, you work in Tesco. So we suddenly put people there. If you're from, you know, if you work in the city, you already think you're above everyone. And that's the thing with us as athletes. You could be the Olympic champion. It doesn't matter. You're in the group. There's no, you won Olympics. So we're going to put you here. The guy that hasn't won nothing, he's with you. And that's the level we stay at. That's why we're always so unable to talk about our achievement because it sounds like we're bragging. We don't like to sound like we're bragging about, oh, I went to the Olympics, oh, I went to the World Champs. Oh, I've got, there's no I, 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 nothing. Even though it is you, you do that, you find yourself isolated very quickly in our world. We're in corporate world. It's I got the business a hundred grand last week. I sell this. I did that for the company. I, 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 and 
that doesn't really work in our field because it's I know I did it, but I needed everyone around me to put me there. So yes, you won, but without your team, can't do it. You won't do it. You know. So yeah, it's just um how I have to really try and help everyone in these times, I guess. Yeah, no, thank you. That's beautifully put. That's some really powerful insights there. And I'm not surprised that people, scientists, business heads are studying athletes. It's more than just the physical side. It's all the stuff that you've just said now. And I think people really gravitate to that. That's almost like you at your best self, physically and mentally. Yeah. And it's just beautiful that you could share that in a way that was really, you know, practical and very helpful to anyone that's really struggling kind of during these times. And, um, you know, the last thing I want to say is that you're super humble because, you know, you didn't say it in the beginning, but, you know, I'll say it to end off, you know, you're an incredible athlete, very successful. I mean, I've read some articles on you. You describe as London's answer to Usain Bolt, you know, like <laughs> Linford Christie, you know, coaching you early on. Yeah, I mean, you've got someone like Linford Christie coaching you. You have to fall in line, isn't it? You just think, how, why, how can he even want to coach me? This statue of a god that everyone loves that represents the whole country. He's telling so you have to go and, yep, Yep, you can't be, I'm not going to listen to someone who's proven over the years. He's done it. He came through the, from the grass. And I think for most athletes, because they have to come from literally the grassroots, they're jumping over the fence to try and train in the early mornings. They, no one was with a silver spoon going, here you go, you're fast. It's worked. <laughs> You've got a bit of talent, but you have to craft it. You have to put the work in, you know, and if you've got someone like Linford telling you what to do, you best listen. <laughs> I'd, I'd listen to Linford, the lunchbox. <laughs> I agree with you there. It's just, yeah, exactly. I mean, there you go. It's just, you know, a legend in itself. Every athlete's got multiple situations or stories where they've been disappointed in themselves and the way they perform and stuff like that. And I think because they have to do that, because no one else can't tap into that other than you, you're the one in the start line, you're the one running, you mess it up, you didn't perform well, you know you're better than that. So you end up kind of self-reflect a lot. So that's why athletes have got this idea of how, who they are, what they're doing, what they're about. That's why they like positivity, because no negative is there anyway. Yeah. When you don't, when you don't perform, feels bad. This is a, um, a really good thing that I see why the companies. When I was doing it, the chats and the talk to all these companies and stuff, I didn't really, we didn't get it. We were like, well, why are you talking to me for? I just go training. And it's only since I've sort of stepped back a little bit and actually see what they actually want to achieve in terms of their business structure more their company template, they want to change it a bit and they're just trying to find a couple of things they can really tap into and say, oh, we're going to put that in our little policy. We haven't thought about that. What I'm learned from you from this conversation is just stuff that's just, it's like gold dust just for how to live your life. So yeah, so I, I, you get it now. Basically. Yeah, yeah. Thank I, you. Thank you so much. I feel, feel really honoured that you made the time. Really appreciate that.
You've been listening to me, Vivian Braidwood. Ask me any lifestyle-related question or let me know which topic you'd like me to cover during our essential coffee break. Tag me and use the hashtag Shades and Coffee with Vivian on Twitter or Instagram. If you like this podcast, hit subscribe and please rate us. Shades and Coffee. Look good, feel good. Mm-hmm.